This is a HeadGum Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not, like, getting too hot or too cold or whatever. You know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind, Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it, like, doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on. Well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code FAKETHENATION at the checkout, and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today. You'll get 40% off. Use the promo code FAKETHENATION. Go to trymiracle.com slash FAKETHENATION. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fakethenation and use the code fakethenation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fakethenation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 297. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we take our hats off to the Ukrainians who are remaining defiant. I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and I'm just constantly wowed by how impressive the Ukrainian resistance is and how many Ukrainians keep getting married in between battles. Have you seen these photos? It's nuts. They are really something. Uh, today, we're going to check in on that SCOTUS confirmation process. We'll talk about the phenomenon of getting worse at something. Oh, I just shuddered even saying that, getting worse at something. It's so sad. And we'll go through a grab bag of other ridiculous things like nickel hoarding and beer-flavored lollipops. Today's panel. Oh, my God. I said, I said, Danielle, I want... I want a couple of comedians who are real chatty and smart. And she provided uh, from, uh, you've seen her on HBO and Comedy Central. She's actually recording a new album on May 13th and 14th in Fort Collins, Colorado. You should go. Uh, she's so fun and so funny. And you've heard her on this show before. And I'm so excited to have her back. It's Marcella Aguayo. Hey, Marcella. Hey, girl. How you doing? Oh, man. I'm so happy you're here. And also, now joining us for the first time, um, and we're so excited to have him on. He's the host of the podcast, Probably Science, which he himself has described like Fake the Nation 
but for science, which is my favorite description of any podcast ever uh, because it includes me in it somehow. And he's also um, host of the podcast Jesse versus Cancer. He is the wonderful Jesse Case. Hey, Jesse. hey, good to be here. Happy New Year. Oh, yeah, I know how to Google stuff. I've done it. Fuck I've used yeah, it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, do you feel reborn? Do you feel? I, you know, I've, I've long made the case that Persian New Year, which I talk about for like three or four weeks leading up to every Persian New Year on this podcast, is just a better New Year because it corresponds with the first day of spring. There's like mm. flowers in bloom. It's actually like a delightful time to like open up your window and sing, you know, to the heavens, uh, which we all do, right? That's what we all do every morning. And yeah. I just mm-hmm. feel like this it's is It's like a the, Disney cartoon when I wake that's up. That's my I, whole birds life. Birds dress me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Do you make so, resolutions for Persian um, New Year? You know what? Mm, no. Wait, Persians, uh, fact check me here. Do we make resolutions? I don't think we do, really. But uh, but we I do, mean, resolutions you know. are stupid, so. But they're uh, stupid because it, it's the middle of winter. It's impossible. Yeah. You're not going to quit drinking. It's You're not going to go running. It's dumb. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah exactly. I feel, I feel like a springtime New Year's resolutions are easier to keep. Yeah, right. and you know what? They really you know? take spring cleaning seriously for oh. in, in, for New Year. Yeah, that's a big thing. Spring cleaning is nuts. Uh, there's also just like paying respect to your elders. Like that's a huge one. I think everyone should be doing that more Americans, than we all do. Americans don't do that for sure. Americans we, don't do that. Jesse, yeah. explain yourself. Why? <laughs> um, w- we have a... Uh, I, I think we have this cultural fear of mortality. Mm. That's like Siddhartha. Like, no, it's, it's and like just Siddhartha. talking to your elders like, reminds you of, of death. No, I mean, we, we hide them. We put them in nursing homes. We don't want to see it. It's, it's like we have this. So, uh, did you want like a joke? I have a joke. I have a joke. I have a joke about it. I used to do a joke on stage where I would say, um, uh, I'm white passing. And the difference between white and white passing is that I would never put my parents in a nursing home. <laughs> so that's oh yeah, that's, no, f- for that's sure. That's a good joke. That's a good joke, yeah. and it's so dark. Um, all yeah, right. yeah, we don't want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Before we uh, get into the show, I just want to remind everyone that I will be in Chicago, April fifteen and sixteen. Irvine on May fourth. Worcester on May sixth. New York City's Joe's Pub on April thirtieth, May twenty first, and May twenty second. Working on my hour, so come out. And then when you're done watching me, you go to Fort Collins, Colorado to see to. <laughs> yes. to to see Marcella's taping. Um, and then you try and catch Jesse Case wherever he is because he is also working on an hour. That's what we do. We're all working on the hour. We're all working on hours right now. We're always perpetually working on an hour. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're always perpetually working on an hour. And I'll tell you, it's not always fun. Folks, mm-hmm. except for the audience, they're always fun. Um, That's also, also not true. To- Come on. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I like to spin it for listeners, like because my sweet. listeners are always fun. Um, go, don't forget to go to patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad so that you can support the Patreon. <laughs> you can do so as um, at as little as $1 a month, uh, $4 a month will get you free episodes. We have some really great uh, episodes coming out uh, that are just so fun. I released just like an extra um, episode this month of an old segment um, called Baby in a Bag. Uh, just it's you have to you just have to join the Patreon for that reason alone. <laughs> but all right, folks, um, I also wanted to point out that 
I am sick. So if I sound a little drunk, if I sound a little drunk um, or just, you know, like I have to lay down while doing this podcast on a bed because my neck can't held itself up. That is all correct. That is what's happening. And I am, I'm sorry. Stephanie is brilliant at sound engineering, but I am told she may be unable to make a sick person sound healthy. It's it's also weird that you made us all do this in person. Like, are you contagious? (laughs) Like, why are we sitting on your bed? This is like strange. We're all in my bedroom. I just, I just appreciate that you have a memory phone mattress. That's nice. (laughs) That is cool. That is cool. Tempur-Pedic guys, old Mm -hmm. school kidding helix uh sponsor of the show all right here we go um, let's get into it with topic number one we're gonna do a quick scotus check-in because katanji brown jackson is going through her first week of confirmation hearings while a bunch of senators have said really nice things senators like josh holly have led the way on a line of questioning about child pornography so basically holly brought up seven cases with sentences that he deemed too lenient uh, during his opening statement on Monday. Uh, I guess, okay, it, you know, we could talk about the child pornography thing. I mean, it, what, what is the strategy here, do you think, for Holly and people like Ted Cruz that, that are talking about it? My understanding is that people are trying to use these subjects, these points of quote-unquote failure on her end to associate it with uh, critical race theory. And like, oh, if you support critical race theory, you support pedophiles or whatever the fuck else they're trying to do. So that, that's that been my take. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was a, a, just so listeners know they did, so there was like, Ted Cruz did a line of questioning about her sentencing policy, her sentencing practices mm-hmm. on um, on the pornography thing, and then asked a line of questions about critical race theory. So yeah. he was like sort of weirdly trying to create this leakage, leakage baby or whatever. But sorry, continue. I know. I just think it's crazy. I mean, I think that's that's it. They're they're really trying to make her uh, out to be this bad guy who supports critical race theory. I mean, because that's really at the end of the day, their their biggest issue with her is that she's black. Yeah, I mean, I think they're saying the loud part out loud, you know? They're, uh, they're like really, really just all in. The It's, it's um, I don't know, like, I, I can't tell. There used to be a time when I could sort of discern if Republicans believed their own bullshit. Or not. Oh, right, right, right. And, and, and yeah. I can't tell anymore because these younger, like, it's weird to have a senator named Josh. Like, just as. <laughs> as a Jesse. It's like. Well, no, I just, but I'm not a senator. I mean, it's it's like a bellwether that we're about to get into the weirder white people names, like Luna. You know, like we're about to have, <laughs> you know, like senators have always just been very like, it. it's just, he might be young enough where he grew up on the social media. Like he might actually believe the QAnon stuff. He might right. be a real deal. Ted Cruz, I know is full of shit. Like he's, right, he doesn't right, care right. at all. Um, he just wants a midterm thing. But yeah, it's uh, so it's disingenuous. But then some of them I'm, I can't tell. Like, is Marsha Blackburn actually nuts? Like, or right. is she just immoral? Playing horrible? nuts. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally. You know, I mean, because here's the thing, just in case people want to know if she really did do some light sentences or whatever the, the accusation is here on um, child pornography. So, so Ted Cruz pointed out that in several cases, the sentences were 14 to 64 percent 
a 14 to 64% reduction from what the prosecutor had requested. By the way, don't prosecutors. Right. That's that, I think that's yeah. not like I totally out of the range because prosecutors also like they try and throw the book. It's, it's a negotiating tactic, right? Let's start at this number at the maximum, and we know, at the maximum, then we yeah. know we're going to go lower. So that kind of also seems like something well, that just happens all the time. But then she, she pointed out, um, you know, that, quote, the way the law is written, the way that Congress has directed, directed the sentencing commission appears to be not consistent with how these crimes are committed and therefore there's extreme disparity. Like, so she's, she sort of stood her ground that there's also a difference between um, people who produce child pornography and people who consume it. And there's also, I've heard, this weird thing that happens when you download child pornography, you you sort of easily download like a lot of it in a way that you, again, this makes it sound like I'm defending child pornography. Yeah, no, if, anyone, if anyone's going to do that, it needs to be Jesse. Jesse, go ahead. As a child porn apologist, I would like to... Um, and, and that's why there will never be a senator named Jesse. Um, no, I want to know when the hell they expect child porn to ever be a Supreme Court case. Like, <laughs> is, like <laughs> if someone brings it, like, I think it's okay, all right? Missouri right, versus yeah, Supreme right, Court. Yeah. <laughs> I also think it's funny that it's like, oh, I'm supposed to believe this dude gives a shit about kids. There's just no way. I just I cannot no, wrap my head around him giving a shit about kids. And like, no. most Republicans don't actually give a shit about human children. No, they would they would have paid leave. and They're, they're very incompetent supervillains. Yeah. They're like... By the next SCOTUS hearing, like one of them's going to have like a laser eye and like a <laughs> mechanical claw. Like they're just, just wear a well, cape. And then I the other the stupid thing about this whole process is that she has been confirmed by the Senate to three different federal posts, not like a distant Senate, like this Senate, right? So um, right. this is all really just to- Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz getting their little uh, sound bites into sure. for their for their constituents, and it's working, right? Because when you mm-hmm. t- when you type in, you know, SCOTUS hearings, like this, several of the returns are gonna be about what these two fucking guys are talking, you know, asking about. And you know, I just I have a I'm sick today, so I'm just gonna say uncharitably, fuck those guys. I don't generally like to be that cruel, but these guys are fucking not your friend right now. Yeah. So you anyway, know, yeah. even even though here's one thing I do have to say in the National Review, the conservative legal writer, Andrew McCarthy, he who does not want to who does not approve of Jackson, by the way, he even said that Holly's, quote, allegation appears meritless to the point of demagoguery. So yeah. Uh, yeah. you're right. Both of you are right. Yeah, when you lose the Federalist Society, like you have issues, it's a problem. <laughs> you know, I, I will, I will say that the the thing that I found interesting about both Ted and Josh and the way that they were interacting with her, it's like, yeah, they they seemed so easy to consume their fucking chaos that it's it's no wonder that people are like latching on to what they're saying because you know those QAnon type followers and all those weirdos are just like this is so easy to understand that how can this be wrong and as opposed to some of the other uh gentlemen I shouldn't even use the word gentlemen the other bastards that are like being crazy to her they're so eloquent in their accusations that I think the the average person is like, I don't even know what the fuck they're saying. And and the thing I did notice about Ted and Josh is like, oh yeah, if you're a dumbass watching this, you'd be like, yeah, get her. 
Yeah, yeah, say critical race theory somehow yeah. without any relation to anything. It is that one was just so odd yeah. because it's like, why didn't you ask Co- Amy Coney Barrett about critical race theory? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, didn't what Brett is- Kavanaugh like spent half an hour on beer? He just loves beer. <laughs> like they haven't even asked her one question about like how much she partied. Beer. Did yeah, you ever, did yeah. you ever black oh, out? Is she a mimosa gal? Is she a mimosa gal? <laughs> you ever black like out, Katanji? You black out? She's like, oh, is that a race oh, joke? Is, that well, a- <laughs> let me, is let blackout me CRT? Is that what it is, Katanji? <laughs> Do you think blacking out is... <laughs> Listeners yeah. of Fake the Nation, it, are blackout CRT is the question <laughs> I'm asking you. And uh, no, but let Sponsored me know, by Helix are, mattresses, are blackouts saying, CRT? I haven't, I haven't yeah. had a political conversation with three comedians in I don't know how long, and this is awesome. Can I just say that? Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. That's the whole yeah. point of this yeah, fucking it's awesome. show. And so it's kind of nice um, to discuss it with, uh, I mean, two other comedians. I, I said three, including myself. But, yeah. yeah. Well, you know. listeners of Fake the Nation, how awesome is it to hear three comedians <laughs> talk about politics? All right. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to go into topic number two. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And we 
are back. And before we get into the next topic, I just want to do a quick electoral contest to watch. That's right. Races to watch. I'm trying to, uh, I'm workshopping new names for this segment that are less difficult on the ears. Uh, From Dara or maybe Dara in Iowa, we have Mallory Hellman. Mallory Hellman is running for Johnson County Supervisor in Iowa. Uh, And uh, Dara writes, quote, if there ever was a person to do good things for the community, it's this person. So check out Mallory Hellman. If you're in Johnson County, Iowa, uh, check her out. She sounds um, like you may like her. Um, I don't know. I haven't done enough research, but uh, it, this is definitely someone to look at and to get excited in general about the county, su- the supervisor um, race in everywhere in America. And also Dan from Texas, who is one of our most robust uh, suggesters of what of races to watch. Um, he came at us with Lindsay Fagan for Tarrant County Clerk in Texas. Again, that's Lindsay Fagan. She's running for Tarrant County Clerk in, in Texas. And uh, if you live in Tarrant County, check her out. All right. Let's get into it. With that's Robin. been the down ballot beatdown. That's where the <laughs> down ballot be done. By the way, for more of those, please uh, email us at fakethenation at headgum.com. That's fakethenation at headgum.com. All right, so let's get into it with topic number two. So we read a piece in The Atlantic called What It's Like to Get Worse at Something by Olga Kazan. And I immediately felt discomfort because I started to think about this for myself. Like, what have I gotten really bad at? Um, And before we riff on our own descent into getting worse, like, what did you make of Kazan's experience? She was basically realizing that she thought she was kind of intermediate or above at skiing and... She had a recent ski experience where she was just like, oh, no, I need to go back to the bunny slopes. Like, I am not actually good at this anymore. Uh, And she'd been doing it since childhood. So it really... Uh, gave her a sense of discombobulation. Have What do you think of this piece? I think that it's a combination of us getting older and getting worse at things, um, but also everyone else getting great at things. And it, I think it can <laughs> seem like you're like, uh-huh. is, she, is she worse at skiing or has skiing gotten insane? Because I think it's probably just gotten insane. Well, do you feel like it's good? Really? I don't, you know what? I know exactly nothing about skiing. I refuse <laughs> to do it and I don't like cold weather sports. So to me, that just is news to me. Also because I thought skiing would become more difficult since there's fewer places with real snow. No? Um, perhaps, but I just mean it's, it's, everything just seems to get more hardcore, like any, any physical right, activity. Just like in general. Yeah. Like if in the eighties you were like a great break dancer. You know what I mean? And then you're like, yeah, I still got it. Maybe you do, but you can't compete now with an average 12-year-old. Yeah, like they have, if they have like- skateboarding, skateboarding has gotten really insane, and it's because now it's like 10-year-old. Every athlete is 10 years old, and they're insane because they can do stuff with their body that, yeah, a 30-year-old can't do. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's something that she didn't actually talk about at all in this piece is the idea that we've gotten just more intense about everything. And that kind of tracks, you know, I I think I was talking about college admissions in some segment in the last several months, I can't remember. And, you know, college admissions have gotten much more competitive just because everyone is so much more uh, competitive. Everyone has really good grades, yeah. uh, you know, and every, every, who's applying to some of these schools and everyone's got a thousand after school activities. And so it's really hard to kind of distinguish one set of excellent students from another set of excellent students. Um, but in this situation though, uh, there is, according to 
the author of Learn Better and the founder of the the founder of the learning agency is to name Ulrich Bozer. There's a large body of literature showing that practice or even just doing doesn't make us any better at the activity. Um, they've debunked, debunked the 10,000 hour rule. Right. Uh, and they found like, even for example, in sports practice accounts for only 18% of the difference between two people's performance. So I don't know, do, have you found yourselves getting worse at something that that's kind of shocked you? Oh, I pause. Can I go back to the original, the first question that you asked? Because I, oh, yeah, my please. take on her article too was I, I'm curious as to how much the pandemic and being inside for two years has really fucked with her head and her abilities and her just the general movement because I definitely know for myself that being inside I didn't realize how stiff my body was getting because we were sitting around and and like literally right. doing nothing and I'm I'm curious because like I had to like buy a hula hoop because I was like something is up with my spine that I've never had before and now I'm like using a hula hoop to just loosen my spine so I don't feel crazy um, doing things um, but I am curious to see how much her body didn't just change with age but also with the fact that the pandemic had her inside for two years and she probably didn't hit the slopes in these last two years and then it's also combined with the fact that now we're like scared to be near people so imagine like you see someone on the slopes and you're like oh fuck I can't oh, be yeah, near them right. you know so I, I wonder how much is mental how much is physical how much is the pandemic and how much is just age or she's just like gone to shit. She just sucks. Yeah, you know? she sucks. At she's just like a bad, a bad person. She shouldn't be a journalist. Well, because you know? part of the thing that she <laughs> described is something like okay. So sometimes I ride my bike, ride a bike in New York. I'll take a city bike out, out on the streets of Manhattan. And obviously, as a kid, I was better at riding bikes. Uh, you know, in the mean streets of Palm Springs, California, where there would be maybe one to two other people, vehicles, whatever, items on the road. There wasn't just very, there wasn't very much going on where the town I grew up. So, but so I I kind of roamed the streets free and I was wild and fast and all that stuff and now I'm definitely not any of those things. I attribute it to having just like more fear as an adult than mm -hmm. I did as right. a kid, mm -hmm. which I think is really common. So that's definitely made me shittier. Is there something that you guys feel like you don't do as well? There's, I mean, I, I think there are things all of us have gotten really bad at. Like, uh, no one is- Don't, whatever this is, do not rope me into it, Jesse, I swear <laughs> to God. No, no, I mean, no one is crushing it with penmanship. Like, we don't, we <laughs> don't true. write anymore. So now- That's true. actually my, not true. I know plenty of women who are incredible. Women have penmanship. They've kept it up? That's, yeah, they're unreal, even at 10 years old, and they're still great at it now. So, yeah, I think she's okay. right. Don't be All roping right. us into your I little- I didn't mean to, okay, yeah. didn't mean to rope. <laughs> didn't mean to rope. I'm sorry. Should, it should not make you feel better than I'm other sorry. people are shitty like you are. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's well, true. Well, he's gotten better at apologizing, at least. <laughs> Listen, yeah, everyone, really I... That was really good. Thank you. That, I'm not the same guy I was one minute ago, and <laughs> I have moved forward. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've gotten horrible at all sorts. Of, I've gotten horrible at stuff I was just getting good at, you know? Mm. Ooh, like, that's interesting. Like, I was, like, like just that. getting okay at it. Um, music stuff. I was, like, learning piano, and I was just kind nice. of getting it. But then, yeah. then you have to, like, I don't know, life happens. You have to focus on other things. Jesse, right. I, I love I that you had cancer and you're like, life happens. I mean, you had a huge readjustment in your life. So it's like, yeah, some shit just wasn't as important to you, right? I would assume. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, sure. 
but like I don't. I but but it's still like there's there's no reason with a two like you can have a tumor and tickle those ivories. You know what I'm saying? And that, <laughs> I, I love that. I do love that you're like the one. A comedian that isn't exploiting his cancer all the way. You're like, well, I mean, I could have done some stuff while I was laid up in bed. No, I mean, I was I, I was completely indifferent to my outcome. I did not push for any sort of. <laughs> it's like I, as soon as I was diagnosed, I was like, this completely checks out. And the, that's hilarious. You know, um, yeah, man. I don't know. I was just getting good at it. That's my point. I was getting yeah, good yeah. at piano, and other stuff came up. And a lot of that is post like cancer treatment stuff, uh, just stuff, you know, you're focusing on other things. I don't know. I feel like skiing, if you don't go pro, you're going to decline at it a little. It's okay. I wonder how disappointed she is being named Olga that she's bad at skiing now. I know there's gotta be some sort of like, yeah, national, like, I don't know what she is, maybe Russian that you have to be good at it. But I, you know, one of the things I found in the article that was interesting is that apparently being conscientious uh, which is a personality trait linked with precision and regimentation actually works against you at getting better at stuff because you have a hard time like sort of evolving when something unexpected happens. And another thing in the piece, a little bit of stress can be helpful to your performance at something, mm. but a lot of stress, uh, which you may feel during a, a competition, it hijacks the brain's frontal lobe, which is where planning takes place. So having too much stress ha- makes it harder for you to plan what you're doing and what's going on. Uh, and I found that to be actually that checked out with me personally, just that when I when I'm just too stressed out, my body sort of goes into decline in general. Like I, I find it very difficult to to complete a lot of tasks. Yeah, I mean, it takes up sense. a lot of that energy. I mean, it's a lot of your if you're like, I have like, um, I have a lot of like anxiety problems, you know, like an anxiety, I'm one of those anxiety disorder guys. And, yes, and yes. when it, when it like is really pumping, when it's really going, it yeah. occupies so much mental space that then you're not only can you not focus on anything, but you're just physically exhausted. Like you're just ex- exhausted. And yep. I feel like if I was a competitor of some sort and I was real, like if I had the Olympics coming up. Never mind that I physically couldn't do any of it. Just the pressure of it, I don't know if I would be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. like even if I got really great at this, just mentally where I'm at, it takes more than like great physique to compete like that. Yep. I, I would just be like, no way. I'm not going. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, it does on some it. level take like a sociopath to be great at sports, right? I mean, that's what like Kobe was like notorious for being kind of like mentally like fucking with other people. Because that's where he kind of focused that energy, which made him a better athlete. But it, like, when you read it on paper, you're like, this feels crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Or like it, it, like Michael Jordan in the Save the Last Dance. What was it called? No, The Last Dance. <laughs> <laughs> Save the Last Dance, a rom com? Anyway, yes, it doesn't it matter. In in the last dance, save, comma, save it, um, <laughs> Michael Jordan was oh, also like really into gambling i guess i don't yeah. know he well, he yeah. didn't strike me as a totally like what's the word emotionally available person emotionally healthy person <laughs> emotionally healthy yeah like because because he seems to engage a lot of like behaviors outside of winning yeah that i don't know i mean maybe that that was his way of surviving well all he's of that. he's like the, michael jordan is the first guy like like Hitler ruined a whole mustache, right? 
like the entire mustache. And Michael Jordan's the only guy to attempt it since Hitler. And that's, that's hilarious. That like says a lot about, about that mustache. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like, a really important. Well, I mean, like everyone had out. that mustache. It wasn't like Hitler. Did, like everyone had it. Like any yearbook yeah. from the '30s, everyone's no, got that. No, yeah, completely. And Michael Jordan's like, I think I can. People will accept this. Like that's the level of sociopath you have to be. <laughs> <And> skill, <laughs> skill. Yeah. Also, that's some skill. <laughs> right. It's like pe- people are going to be good with this if I do it. You know? In closing, I just want to say something hopeful for people who may feel like they're getting worse at stuff and there's no getting out of it. She actually ends the article about ways to get better at something. If you feel like you're getting worse at it, you have to kind of like switch to different but related tasks. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to, if you're on the intermediate slope and you keep bombing at it, you got to go to a bunny slope or a different type of slope or whatever. Um, You have to accept that there's like actually like there's a lot of bombing, right? We could say this in comedy before you get the laughs, right? So like you have to experience some of that bad stuff and and experiencing the bad often is a sign of improvement. And they use this really great analogy of like how toddlers are going to speak. They learn by mimicking. So they learn the past tense. They'll be like, um, they they think like maybe the past tense of I'm going so-and-so is I goad wherever, you know, like the add the ED to a word that doesn't take the ED because they don't know grammar rules yet or whatever. And it doesn't mean that they're not learning grammar, right? It just, even though there's like, they're doing something wrong, uh, they're still ultimately learning it. And so that I thought that was a great, I have a toddler who's actually learning how to speak and I see her weird grammar mistakes, um, you know, and, uh, and at first I was like, oh no, she doesn't understand the, you know, gender difference of he and she or whatever. Oh, this is a disaster. She's progressive. Um, you have a progressive daughter, you know? Yes. I have a progressive daughter. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but you know, she, you know, she was just like, conjugating those things incorrectly and like saying the wrong gender. And I was just like, oh no, this is, but apparently it's very common because they're just learning. So they do, they say a lot of wrong things before they say the right thing. They're applying the knowledge that they've uh, gotten from what they've been told and then they're trying to apply it and they're yeah. fucking up, but that's good. And then you correct them and that's how they learn. I mean, the, I, exactly. I've, always had, I've always had a problem with parents that encourage their kids to fuck up. Like, oh, is that your blanket? Yeah, that's your oh, blanket. Yeah, like, yeah. Don't, don't fucking. That, they're going to think that's called a blanket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until they're 30. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> and that's why there's a there's an epidemic of 30-year-olds walking around saying blanket. Blanket. Um, all right, folks, tell me what you think. Have you gotten worse at something and uh, did you did you just stop with it? It's like, were you so turned off that you were like, I'm done with this thing that I am now bad at? All right, let us move on to topic number three. I just wanted to go into a grab bag of ridiculous things for this week. Apparently, here's one. Coors unveiled a series of beer-flavored lollipops to celebrate March Madness, and they've already sold out. Coors says it's because research indicates sucking on lollipops can have a calming effect, especially during stressful and emotional times like March Madness. <laughs> um, I, first of all, did not real. I guess this is how, how distant I am from sports. I just... Is this a stressful and emotional time for people? Like, is it that bad? March Madness? Uh, no, I get into March Madness, but it's just kind of fun and silly. It's like, right. No, that's no, what I sort not, of assumed that I don't it, know who's was. that stressed about it. I mean, I'm just picturing because of the lollipops, I'm picturing like a dad stressed out drinking his Coors Light and then his baby, his toddlers next to him. And he is also getting stressed out because of his dad. And he's just sucking on that lollipop <laughs> and they're just like yeah. having a male bonding moment, you know? 
it's yeah it's, it's really cute sweet it's strange sweet. to me because i think one of the biggest tricks that like the beverage industry has ever pulled is convincing you that you like the taste of it because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like the the whole point of fancy drinks of all of all of it is to get this to not like not taste like alcohol alcohol tastes right like even the finest wine ever like objectively apple juice just tastes better it's just way yeah it's yeah, way yeah, better of course. so people yes. people now like people are like beer nerds and stuff like convincing themselves it's like no you like you like, you like getting a buzz on which is fine but it's it's strange to me that we're so in that now that people are like no this is a very good lollipop it's like no this lollipop is horrible I know I have a drinking problem because I fully disagree with you, Josie. I was like, actually, the taste of tequila is great. <laughs> what are you talking about? I like it. It's calming. I, when I yeah. smell cleaning fluid, I wonder if someone's opened a bar. I, I watched a video of me taking a shot without a chaser and I drank it like water. And that was the video that made me go, yeah, I should probably not react that way when I'm drinking tequila. <laughs> I, I quit drinking like five years ago. Oh, I heard because... it in the tone of that of that material you just yeah, did. I yeah. heard oh no no and, and, no judgment. I'm very no there's no judgment it's I'm jealous there's jealousy I um <laughs> there's absolutely jealousy but I like I don't know I was sitting around with friends it was similar to your video like I was sitting around with friends and they were all telling like funny drunk stories like funny drinking stories yeah and I didn't have any because like I didn't realize we're supposed to like remember <laughs> stuff like like I was like oh like all my drinking stories are like I had a beer and then it was a week later. Yeah. And like I don't know. <laughs> right, <laughs> so right. I don't know. Maybe maybe this could be a you useful tool. You should have tool. been journaling while you were drunk. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vlogging. Yeah. Vlogging. That's yeah. why that's why I think my handwriting's gotten horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. It's a nightmare. Um Yeah, I mean I I it's just strange to me like aren't there drinks that are supposed to taste like something else that already is a lollipop flavor? So yeah. you could say like this is a Jägermeister flavored lollipop. It's just a licorice, licorice, right, right, like, right, thing right, or whatever. right, right. Yeah, I don't know. I know. I I am just. I just. I can't believe these things flew off the shelves. That they had to now remake another batch or whatever. And I just. I. I. I'm. Yeah. And that beer. I just don't understand the entire phenomenon. But there you go. I Apparently, mean, folks, it's a phenomenon. I was gonna right say, now. I would imagine like really slutty girls are like, oh my God, look at me eat this beer tasting mm-hmm. lollipop. Mm-hmm. Like that's the market for that. My like, boobies. Yeah, they're yeah. like they're t- I mean, think of all the Instagram influences that are absolutely going to town on these lollipops. Come on. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. All right. Well, the world is uh is a, is full mm. of your favorite lollipops, except for when they've run out of stock. All right. Let's move on to another item in the grab bag. The Sonoran Desert toad is in danger of extinction because of demand for its hallucinogenic venom. Apparently, it's being used as a treatment for mental disorders. Uh, it's, it's, I think, the only amphibian that produces a chemical called MEO, no, wait, 5 MEO DMT. I've heard of DMT. Uh, and they claim that it it can help a dependence on methamphetamines or opioids. It's pretty popular right now. My big question is who, I'm always curious about these things. Who figured out that the venom that's stored behind a gland in a toad's eyeball in the New Mexican desert 
is if you crystallize it and then smoke it. Like there's a lot of steps I already just laid out. You got to be high on drugs. You got to be high on drugs to get there. That's the beauty of that. You're already already high on another drug to be able to discover that the gland of this toad. You're already on the meth that it prevents. Like you're on meth and you're like, I'm going to smoke this toad. Yeah. And then you're like, I don't feel like doing meth anymore. And then you tell your friends. I swear to God, yeah, it was because of this one toad. And then everyone gets into this toad. Well, it's now an endangered species, maybe. Or or, or environmentalists are worried that it's becoming extinct. So uh, I don't know. Do you feel like it's our duty to not do this anymore, even though it could could help with mental disorders? I mean, you would think the people that use it would be more conscientious of what they're doing. Well, I also know it can be it can be synthesized, right? So it seems like this is one of those like this is sort of like an ayahuasca thing where I think the people doing it are like, I need a shaman, and it's like, okay, right. you're not, it, yeah, yeah, you're not like, doing real medicine. Yeah, you're not doing real medicine because you can absolutely synthesize DMT, and you know, if if somebody wanted to do some double blind clinical trials of these pills, does it help with this? I'm all for it. But I think going to some weird, like, I don't know, hot spring situation that costs 10 grand where everybody smokes a toad is like, yeah, stop, stop doing that. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Stop doing that. (laughs) Yeah. This is this is one of those moments where I'm like, let science recreate that particular toad venom. And, but there's uh, always the purist. The purists always want the real deal, the real experience. I mean, right. this is why laws get no, made, you know, true. like because people. I mean, this is the 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 root of colonization, right? People are like, they find something, they exploit it, and then they fucking destroy it, um, and then they're like, what? How, how did that happen? Let's rewrite history. Right. You know, I mean, that's it's the cycle continues, and so you right, know, right, if, right. if nobody intervenes, unfortunately, that's why fucking laws get made because somebody's like, all right, all right, this is getting out of hand. Can, can you, you guys, guys both it, you stop guys staring have a time at me like with that? Your toads. Why are you both staring at me like that? It's it's weird. You know what he I mean? Jesse like, has been, he's been un- exploring <laughs> DMT. He's, he's, we're learning a lot about Jesse. He's judgmental about alcoholism. He's, yeah, he's a colonizer. He does not understand addiction. He is a child porn enthusiast. <laughs> he, he he doesn't. <laughs> exploit his cancer enough <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite yeah I say no i i, I know <sighs> um danielle okay. danielle the producers in the comments saying justice for jesse whose side are you on danielle i know a black danielle. woman come on hey it's women's doing? history month danielle come, oh, on. come on all right let us move into our third mm, little uh, p- uh, item from the grab bag there's, I guess, people hoarding nickels because nickels, like the one in your wallet, right? Nickels. Uh, Russia provides more than 20% of the world's high quality nickel. And so as a result, the nickel in your pocket for a little while was actually worth eight cents. Then it went up to 16 cents. I don't know where we landed today, but it has been all over the place. So people have been going to the bank and being like, can I get a thousand dollars in nickels? Uh, what do you think of this trend? And are you going to sell all of your Bitcoin and buy nickels? I was going to say, I just find it hilarious that like everybody's pushing this NFT shit. And then right now, nickels are the hot topic. Like it's just proof that money isn't real. (laughs) It's just not real. That's what I said to uh, Time Warner when I had to pay for my internet bill. I just said, money isn't real, guys. So they totally were like, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, 
a lot coming out about me on this podcast. I, like yeah, I said, I used, I, I used to, I used to drink a little. I used to put, put various things in my body, sure. uh, a lot of which I don't remember. Here's the, my point. I hate nickels. They're the loudest at Coinstar. It's brutal. If you go to Coinstar. Hilarious. That's no, hilarious. It's, it's true, though. This is a take I did, was not expecting. They're, they're thick and they're heavy. They're thick and they're heavy. And yeah. Coinstar is like acoustically defies physics. Like it is the loudest. Like it's just everyone's like poor guy. Like every like arrow is pointing at you. It's brutal. <laughs> the automated voice on Coinstar sounds like burned out. They're like, put in the money if you want, maybe. It's it's a nightmare. <laughs> and nickel are nickels louder than quarters? I in mean, Coinstar they are. And I and I really have are, like, are thinner. Sorry, I worked in a bank, so I know the texture and the weight of like yeah, all these yeah. motherfuckers. But yeah, quarters are thinner, so I would imagine that nickels would be heavier. He I would I believe him. No, it's like it's pathetic that that's something I've had to think about. But I'm but I'm always just like no nickels. I'm not taking it's too embarrassing. I'm not taking. Do you, did you roll them oh, yourself? Oh, so you just do you like leave it on the count? Do you just if someone gives you change back in nickels, do you just like no thank you? No, I just don't. I it just doesn't go in the coin jar for the inevitable coin star trip. You know what I'm saying? Right. I also I'm also just surprised that coin star figures so prominently in your life. Like what's you know what I mean? You know, I was just, uh, there was a time in my life where there was just a lot of cash transactions, you know what I mean? And you just, <laughs> it's just a lot of, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, sometimes you have too much, too much coinage, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a way better place now. I'm just saying maybe, maybe a decade ago. All right. I was, I was a friend of Coinstar and yeah. it's a, uh, it's so loud and, I, and I yeah, Nichols, say- it's, it's a step too far for me. It's like the. The building next door can hear it. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. I have to say something really embarrassing to you guys, which is that when I was 11 years old, I went to Paris for the first time. And How embarrassing. The, Jesus Christ. They, that <laughs> yeah. was so embarrassing. Loser. And, <laughs> um, it's funny because I, I think I mentioned this on the podcast before. Most people's first time to, to Paris or whatever, some glamorous trip or whatever, right? My first trip to Paris was because my aunt was a was a refugee in her family and we were out there helping them. So we were actually in the poorest parts of Paris or whatever, trying to figure out housing and all this stuff. And I still thought it was just the most amazing place. Even like, even like the just poverty-stricken suburbs of Paris are just still beautiful, fucking phenomenal. Yeah. But anyway, um, uh, I I was in love with the the. So at that time, they were still doing francs. So this was in the nineties. They were still doing francs, and so that I can't remember the ten franc little coin. I thought was so beautiful. It was multicolored. And my, I brought it home and I loved it so much and I would keep it on my thing. My dad put a hole in it and made a necklace for me Aww. and I still have that necklace Aww. and there it is. I don't know. It's I adorable. Just for those of you out there, and yeah. you've been shitting on nickels a lot and I just want to say there are people out there. There's a little Nagin out there who thinks that a nickel is the most beautiful thing she's ever Absolutely. seen. Absolutely. I love, I love a good Frank hole. That's a cool story. Um, I, uh, <laughs> no, no. I feel it's, like I brought down the, ah, uh, the like energy of the podcast. By no, sharing those really coins are, it's weird. Youth. Like, um, like every other person, uh, like you guys, obviously I'm going to rope you in again. You, you have a phase where you try to learn magic. Everyone's had a phase where they try to learn magic, right? Sure. No. You try no. to learn Try to learn magic tricks. My brother, my brother tried, and I was like, I was mesmerized, definitely, but I never tried. So you you buy magic tricks, right? And they're like these prop coins and stuff, but like American coins suck for it, Mm. like because you want bigger ones that are visible, and it's always like francs or um, two pence pieces. Yeah. 
And yeah. it's impossible. So that's all my coinage is just that if I have weird coins. But it's also you're, around, the, yeah. you're the biggest nerd ever because if you do, like do a magic trick at a bar, it's obvious you just brought props. <laughs> like you can't just like, can I borrow a, can I borrow a peso? Does anyone have a sixpence? Like you're just the biggest loser. So, so I think I, I think I have <laughs> I think I have some francs. I don't know. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It's, I'm trying to relate. I get it. <laughs> um. All right, folks. Let me know if you're hoarding nickels or if uh, the thing that Jesse just said uh, resonated <laughs> with you. Extremely relatable thing that Jesse just said. Yeah, I'm the I'm the everyman. I. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And that is the end of the show. Folks, you put up with so much today. Me sounding a little drunk, a little bit of construction outside my window is a, a, a or a very loud coin star being operated right outside my <laughs> window. So you put up a lot with me as a host, which is why this week's panel has been especially generous, delightful, and great. I am so glad you guys were here. And I really want for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to follow you. Jesse Case, where do they do that? Uh, Twitter. It's at Jesse Case. That's just J-E-S-S-E because everyone spells it different. And um, yeah, do it over there. I'm there. And then, and then, yeah. Whenever you're in a city that they can watch you, are you perform? Are you? Uh, are I'm doing. Yeah, I'm gearing up all today? kinds of stuff. I'm ge- I, mean, I don't right, have any dates right. to plug, but yeah, I'll be. I'll be out there. You You'll see what? me. You know what? When he does have <laughs> dates to plug, he'll let me know, and I'll let you know on the show. We like to be, because people of Fake Donation like to see their pan- their panelists live and in the wild. Yeah. Um. All right, and Marcella, where do people find you? You can follow me at Marcella Comedy, M-A-R-C-E-L-L-A Comedy, across all social media. And I have a fuck ton of dates coming. So if you guys want to see me be a bitch live, I would appreciate it. Oakland, Chicago, Fort Collins. Oh, um, my God. I have Monterey. I'm hosting a festival. I have. Oh, my uh, God. Hawaii is coming up, guys. I have Whoa. a lot on my Stop it. doing festivals. I got a festival in Detroit. I got some North Carolina shit. Come see me. Whoa. Oh, my God. She- Folks, there's it. so many opportunities, and I assume your website details these dates. It will after I finish this podcast, yes. Uh, yes, <laughs> which, by the way, my website, I after I had updated, I realized like it had gone like six months or something without me updating it. I'd just been performing with nobody like fully having a grasp of what I was doing. But my website is also updated, folks. You can remember to see me in Chicago and Worcester and Irvine in New York, and there's going to be more dates that I'll be announcing. Um, when the time is appropriate for me to announce them <laughs> and more uh, stuff that's that's coming out on TV that I can announce when I'm allowed to. So I'm excited to share all of that stuff with you guys. But what I would really love to do is thank everyone who makes this show a possibility. That's our producer, Danielle Jones-Wesley, our sound engineer, Stephanie Aguilar, Yay. who, oh my God, both of them, uh, they put up with a lot. And this week they're putting up with extra. So thank you guys. Our theme music was written by the amazing Gobby Alter. And as always, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because it helps people find the show. You can email us at fakethenation at headgum.com. You can join the Patreon for bonus content and so much more at patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad. And we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.